morning, everyone. This is Jonas Season from BPI Wells Institutional Business Division, and I'm your host for today. I warmly welcome all of you to BPI's Green and Beyond 2023 Building Wealth Through Sustainable Investments. Every month of June, BPI solidifies its strong commitment to sustainability through a month-long celebration that promotes sustainability awareness as an integral part in the company's operations. With this initiative, we aim to impart vital knowledge and information to help you pivot to a more sustainable future. As the wealth management arm of the bank, we at BPI Wealth believe that there are countless of ways to grow your money while contributing to a more inclusive, safe, and better world for all. Now, this aims to shed light on our sustainable investment options and financially inclusive products and services. You know, after all, uh, sustainability is no longer a personal advocacy, but a shared responsibility, and it can be practiced in our lifestyle, even in uh, yeah, um, in our day-to-day lives. No? As I'm very honored to introduce to you our speaker for this morning. So for our speaker, he is the Head of Investment Solutions and Private Wealth Advisory at PPI Wealth. In his role, he is responsible for investment idea generation across multiple asset classes and strategy formulation for high net worth clients. He also oversees all global and alternative investments in BPI Wealth, including third-party global fund manager selection and management of all BPI Invest Feeder Funds and Fund of Funds. As the lead fund manager of the BPI Invest Global Equity Fund of Funds, he is a six-time recipient of the CFA Philippines Best U.S. Dollar Equity Fund Award from 2017 to 2022. Over the years, he has been instrumental in many of BPI Wealth's product development efforts, uh, including the creation of some of the country's first global-focused feeder funds, thematic Philippine equity index funds, and the first sustainable UITF fund suite in the country. So, you know, without further ado, let's all give a warm, warm welcome to our guest speaker this morning, uh, Mr. Alan Martin D. Good morning, Alan. Uh, good morning, Jojo. Um, thank you for that uh, warm introduction. And, and um, it's, it's, it's nice to be back. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, since, um, you know, we've done a uh, webinar and uh, I want to say good morning uh, to all our viewers, um, to all those uh, clients who are in this call, uh, as well as some of our fellow employees at BPI. Uh, so today we're we're going to talk about sustainable investments and how all of us can actually grow our wealth through these types of products. And before we start, let's try to define what ESG or what sustainable investing is. What is ESG investing? It is really trying to integrate environmental, social, and governance metrics when we evaluate companies. So this is in addition to those traditional financial metrics such as profitability, price to earnings valuation, and other types of balance sheet and, and financial statement measures. So when we look at a company, we, we don't just assess how much it's making or how much are its cash flows. But we're really looking at other factors, such as the use of resources, efficiency. We're also looking at the quality of management, how employees are treated, and many, many other factors. Um, asset and wealth managers, such as BPI Wealth, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients. And therefore, when we invest, 
uh, it is prudent for us to really look at all these factors so that we can generate long-term growth for our clients. Why invest in ESG? Um, many of us, um, you know, to many of us, this is a is quite a new concept. But ESG is not new. Uh, in fact, it has been uh, a very, very significant part of the investment and wealth industry in major markets like Europe, uh, to some extent the U.S., and now it's spilling over to Asian and emerging markets as well. So global asset managers globally are targeting similar um, you know, metrics such as carbon emissions, uh, and the like, similar to private sector counterparts. So many fund managers are targeting net zero carbon emissions by 2050 or earlier. Fund managers, wealth managers, and asset owners are also signing up to the UNPRI or the UN Principles of Responsible Investing, where now there are more than 5,000 signatories and over 121 trillion in assets under management. Investor inflows have been pretty strong in ESG and sustainability-linked investments. So in 2021 and 2022, $806 billion have actually flowed into ESG mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. So there is a huge investor appetite for these types of assets. And then finally, there has been increasing ESG regulation, uh, not just from the public sector, but also on the private sector. Um, and there have been over 800 policies from both the private sector as well as private sector in terms of reporting, in terms of investments, in terms of other legislation that is supporting ESG and other sustainable investments. So when we talk about ESG products, um, it's good to talk about what type of ESG products are out there. To be, to be quite transparent, there are many ESG products. It's a space that has been growing tremendously over the past years, but it's good to narrow down what type of investment outlets are actually out there. And the first type of ESG product that maybe this was at the onset of ESG and sustainable investing is really screening. Um, screening is where we try to avoid uh, certain types of exposure, certain types of sectors, or certain types of businesses that are not aligned to our values or aligned to our, um, our, our beliefs. So as an example, we have strategies that exclude sectors such as tobacco, mining, weapon manufacturers, and many other sectors that um, we think can be harmful. Um, it's not to say that these companies are all bad, but really there are certain uh, sectors that, that investors want to avoid. Uh, and, and that is the initial start of, of the evolution of ESG products. We screened out names that we didn't like. We screened out sectors that we didn't like. And we created portfolios without those names or without those sectors or those types of businesses that we think are either harmful uh, to society or have a negative impact uh, to society as a whole. So that is the first phase of all these ESG products. Over time, you know, fund managers, investment managers, asset owners have started to expand from negative screening. Uh, and we move on to the next, which is ESG or sustainability integration. Here, ESG factors such as those that I've mentioned earlier, resource use, management, uh, environmental effects, treatment of employees, and all these other factors uh, have been incorporated to the investment process. So when we think of funds that are either in equity or fixed income that have um, 
links to sustainability or are um, addressing uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So these are some of the examples of ESG or sustainability integrated types of funds. And then moving on, uh, we're seeing this is one of the things that is quite prevalent in this market is really thematic investments. So in, in terms of thematic investment here, the funds or asset owners or fund managers create a strategy wherein they are trying to target a specific sustainability solution, climate solution, or ESG issue. Uh, so here you have equity and fixed income strategies as an example, linking uh, to renewable energy. You have strategies that are linking to environment. You have strategies that are targeted towards fintech and financial inclusion. So very, very targeted sector, very, very targeted business. Uh, and these are what we call thematic investments. And then finally, uh, what we've seen more recently is the rise of impact investing. Here, our investments are really not just for financial gain, but also specific targets uh, to ESG criteria or factors. Uh, as an example, there are funds that want to um, create, let's say, internet available to all rural areas. So that is an impact target. They are trying to reach a number or a millions of people access to internet, access to education. Uh, so these are specific impact targets. Another example would be on the renewable space. How many megawatts of clean energy are they creating? How many megawatts of fossil fuels are they replacing? So these are impact types of investments where it, it's a targeted specific impact goal uh, in terms of the investment process. Um, so now, now that we know the different types of ESG funds, the, the types of ESG strategies or sustainable strategies, now the important part is how do we identify what is true sustainable fund? What, is, uh, what are the true uh, ESG funds out there? And, and again, there are many regulations out there. Uh, and one of the pioneers in terms of ESG regulation is really the EU. Um, they have been one of the pioneers in ESG investing and in terms of ESG policy. Uh, the Sustainable Financial Disclosure Regulation, or SFDR for short, is a set of EU rules that aim to standardize uh, profiling of sustainable funds so that investors such as ourselves or, or asset managers, asset owners, are able to understand what type of fund they're buying, what type of fund they're investing, and what level of ESG or what level of sustainability is actually being tried, what is being achieved by such funds. Um, there are other types of uh, financial or governing bodies, such as uh, the FIBILFIN, uh, the Belgian Financial Sector Federation, wherein they tag certain funds as towards sustainability. So again, all these criteria have to be satisfied similar to the SFDR. And if your fund um, you know, doesn't make the cut, then you will not be qualified as a Article 8 or Article 9 fund. You also have private sector, third-party ratings agencies, Morningstar, MSCI. So these are very popular agencies that rate funds based on their holdings, based on some internal criteria. They will look at all the holdings of a particular fund and rate them in terms of ESG scores and ESG ratings. And then finally, um, when we look at fund managers, it is important they are either part of uh, governing or bodies such as the UNPRI. Um, when you're a member of a, the UNPRI, 
um, you need to file disclosures. You have to, you know, undergo this stringent process um, to qualify and maintain your status as a signatory of the UNPRI. So we want to look for fund managers who are signatories of, of, of the UNPRI and other bodies that have this credibility in terms of sustainable investing. So there are many developments in ESG. So now that we've talked about um, you know, what products are out there, how do we identify uh, whether products are really ESG or, or sustainable, um, there are many events that have happened recently and, and, why, and, and, and these events have led us to believe that there is a long runway for ESG and sustainable investments. One of the more recent uh, headlines in the market has been the Inflation Reduction Act by the US. So don't ask me why. Um, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, you know, but really, this is more than anything. Uh, this legislation, which was signed uh, by the US government and, and by the President Biden uh, last year, uh, was actually a climate-focused bill. Um, there are many provisions uh, in this legislation that actually support clean and green technologies. Um, as, a, as an example, on the next slide, um, if you buy an EV or an electric vehicle, you will get some tax credits. If you put a solar panel on your, on your rooftop, you will get tax benefits or incentives. If you're a company who is building battery storage or, or, or clean power in the US and it, you have to manufacture in the US, you get a 10-year tax break from the US government. You get access uh, to all these financing and other incentives. So really, the Inflation Reduction Act is a game changer in the US. It is encouraging both consumers as well as the private sector to really put money and put resources into these types of investments. Next development, and again, this is quite recent, back in 2022, um, Russia uh, invaded Ukraine, uh, creating uh, mass disruption in terms of energy prices. As we know, Russia is one of, Russia and Ukraine, in fact, are one of the leaders in terms of commodities. Um, Russia is a leading producer or a top five producer in oil, uh, gas, and many other natural resources. And then they are also both significant producers of food, uh, such as wheat and other domestic crops that they export globally. So really, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, this really created a crisis in terms of energy dependence, in terms of food. Um, we all experienced higher prices of goods uh, in 2022. And really, one of the factors and one of the um, immediate plans um, of the EU was to really address this. And one of the policies that they wanted uh, to do is really encourage renewable energy investing. Uh, as you can see here, um, it is one of the focus uh, one of the key focus areas of the EU government is to really encourage uh, spending on renewable energy so that they do not need to rely on Russia or any other country in terms of energy. Obviously, we want to talk about climate change. You know, every summer, um, all of us here complain about the heat. Uh, that's not just true uh, in the Philippines, but it actually is true everywhere. Um, we are continually seeing uh, record temperatures not just in the Philippines, not just in Southeast Asia, but actually in, in other parts of the world. Um, Europe uh, was in the headlines in 2022 for a very, very record, uh, very, very hot uh, and record uh, driving temperature. 
uh, back in, in, in the summer months of 2022. We don't expect this to actually um, change. Um, this is a clear trend that has been happening over the past few years. And, and you might wonder, why is this important for investors, asset owners, uh, and, and people who have investments in different companies? Well, one, you know, in, 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 a, in record, when you have these things, um, record temperatures, it brings warm, resources are scarce. There are areas wherein you know water sources are are, are experiencing droughts, levels that are uh, below what it has been uh, in in the pre recent years. And and how does this affect one? Um, it's going to affect producers um, of goods that are near these resources. So as an example, agriculture. If you are experiencing record temperature in 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 your geography or in your area where let's say your main business is agriculture then your crops are not going to generate as much yield, right? Because you have extremely hot temperature, you have less water. So how do you actually address this? And again, there are many solutions that we'll tackle later, but again, these are very real examples. Uh, as an example, you know, Southeast Asia um, is one of the areas wherein, you know, we produce a lot of crops, like Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines. We generate a lot of crops, we generate a lot of rice, but if we look at the temperatures in these countries over the past few years, it has been steadily going up. So in the future, how do we ensure food sustainability if many of the producing countries in terms of crops are actually experiencing droughts or are experiencing um, you know, these types of weather disturbances? How is it going to affect food security in the next five or 10 years as the world gets warmer and warmer? So again, this is just one example of how climate is affecting businesses and how it's affecting uh, different types of companies. But it's extremely important to watch out for these risks, especially if you're an asset owner, if you have certain investments in specific industries that can be affected by climate change, that can be affected by um, you know, global warming and other factors related to the climate. I always get asked this question and um, you know, this is what, you know, Clients always ask me, um, and then how does it sustainable investments uh, perform? And you know, to be frank, if we look at ten-year historical returns, um, what you can see is that returns of sustainable investments. Uh, and here we use a proxy. Uh, we use the MSCI uh, World SRI, which is sustainable index of MSCI, which is one of the leading index providers globally. And as you can see, for the past 10 years, it has actually returned 151%. And that equates to an average annual return of about 9.5 or 9.6% per annum. So that's pretty good returns uh, for an equity investor over the past 10 years. And if you compare that to a standard market cap weighted index, such as the MSCI world, uh, it still gave you pretty good returns. In fact, it was close. Uh, to the returns of a sustainable index, it gave you 141% in terms of return, which is about a low 9% annualized return over the past 10 years. So again, to those who ask me, uh, how does sustainable investments, how does sustainable investing impact my returns? Then this is a, an example of how um, investing in sustainable equities have actually given you over the past 10 years. So what are the key opportunities and themes, again, related to some of the items I discussed earlier, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the EU crisis, energy crisis, and global warming and climate change. 
So these are the three key areas that we think um, investors should actually look at. And we as fund managers are actually also looking at these things. Uh, the first one is obviously EV, uh, electric vehicles. Um, you know, we see headline news all the time about EVs, how it's gaining market share uh, over the internal combustion engine type of vehicles. Uh, and again, market share, uh, there's much, much more um, you know, way to go. I think one in every 10 cars out there globally still uh, is, only, is only one out of 10 uh, vehicles out there is in EVs. So imagine the runway in terms of trying to capture market share for electric vehicles. The US, again, uh, earlier discussed, introduced landmark legislation that will incentivize buyers of EVs. Um, you know, they'll give tax credits, they'll give incentives so that actually invest or consumers can actually purchase their EVs. Um, if we look at other countries like China, China has actually mandated many of their automo automobile producers or manufacturers to stop selling uh, internal combustion engines by 2030 or, or much later on or much earlier on. So, so there are many government uh, legislations and policies that are helping support uh, the rise of EV. And we talk, when we talk about EV, it's not just about the manufacturer. Um, there is a whole supply chain of beneficiaries when we talk about EVs. So those producing batteries, those mining for, for, for natural resources that are used for batteries, um, computer chips that are used by all these vehicles, and many, many other supply, parts of the supply chain are actually going to be beneficiaries of the EV boom. And again, there's only one out of 10 uh, EVs in the market or in the streets right now. So you can just imagine the type of growth that can be experienced uh, with the EV market. Uh, second um, is, is really energy transition. You hear this a lot. Um, and it's really uh, trying to build uh, the renewables. Um, you know, the sun is quite an abundant source of energy. Um, and then really wind as well and, and, and water, hydro. So these are renewable types of energy that many, many countries are looking to invest in. Um, it has definitely gotten a boost with the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, it is getting a boost with the EU um, plan to really address their energy crisis. And many, many other countries are trying to create policies that are uh, favorable uh, for energy, clean energy producers uh, globally. And then finally, I talked about this briefly earlier. Uh, when you have global warming, when you have global um, you know, temperatures rising, you really need to find a way to create sustainable food source. If, if, if the rivers and if our dams are drying up, then what will, what will feed into our agriculture? Where will we get water uh, to, 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 to plant all these uh, crops that we use for food? Um, where do we plant when you know, we're experiencing droughts everywhere? We're experiencing wildfires everywhere. So these, have the, these, these factors have, the big, uh, have a tendency to disrupt uh, our food sources, it could lead to inflation, it could lead to hunger globally. So it's really, really important for us to look at these. And then there are many funds and investments that are targeted towards indoor farming, um, you know, agricultural efficiency, trying to build better crops uh, that can withstand higher temperatures and, and less resources down the road. So these are the, re the three uh, key themes that we like. Uh, and we're seeing this across the investment landscape globally. So now, I guess the, the question is, how do I access these products? Again, BPI Wealth is one of the pioneers in the Philippine market. 
Uh, we don't just give you access to investments in local markets, but we also give you access to global markets. And again, the global market landscape is quite robust in terms of sustainable investing, in terms of ESG investing. And we see a wide, wide range of investment opportunities that I've, that some of which I have just mentioned in the previous slides. So we have a sustainable fund suite in the UITF space wherein for different risk profiles, whether you're a fixed income investor or you're an equity investor, if you're a type or a more moderate type who wants a balanced uh, investment in both fixed income and equity, we have a solution for you uh, via our BPI Invest Sustainable Fund Suite. Um, these funds are investing in leaders globally um, in terms of finding sustainable solutions, uh, climate technologies, um, renewables, sustainable transport. Again, very, very wide investment opportunity set that are can be capitalized by these funds. So um, for a very, very low investment minimum of $100, any one of us can invest um, in these products. It is widely available through all BPI channel. And we encourage everyone to consider all these sustainable investments uh, as part of their portfolios and as part of their uh trying to build their wealth over, over time. All right, thanks, Alan. Thank, thank you very much. And that was very insightful. Gives us a, a bit more flavor into the sustainable and ESG investing. No? And these themes would really, you know, hopefully um, it can really impart uh, a change no, here in the Philippines. So yeah, we're very grateful for everyone in the in participating this morning no? and being one with us in imprinting sustainability in our daily lives and building your wealth. Okay. You know, we hope you had fun today and we have inspired you to pivot towards sustainability with seeds of hope that you can start and inspire change from within. Um, that's so we can also commit to a better and brighter future. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor to be your host today. Again, this is Jolo Season. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful day ahead.